Welcome to the Floor Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Hadeen, owner of Illustrious Hardwoods in Mesa, Arizona. Joining me this week is Kevin Vogel, the newly appointed Chief Operating Officer at Reach Social. Although, I don't know if he actually deserves that title. I, I hear he's in pretty good with the boss lady, and uh, you know he might have gotten the title just because he's the husband or something. So, you know... That's, but that's not the reason for the show. We're gonna we're gonna dig into something else. So uh, Kevin and I have have known each other for I don't know uh, over a year, a couple years at this point. And uh, his his wife Shannon introduced us, and she's amazing doing her thing over at Reach Social. But uh, we we were having a question, and and Kevin was kind of struggling. Uh, I don't know a year back, two years back, and and things were a little rough. And so the question we're asking today is, well, he called it a sabbatical. Was it really a midlife crisis, or was it was it something else altogether? And I want to I want to dig into this because I, I've had conversations with contractors where they want to tell me the American dream doesn't exist, and I I firmly disagree because I the flooring industry has changed my life in the last eight years, but really like it made a huge difference in the last five years of of where I'm at, what I'm able to do, and how I'm able to take care of my family, and so I firmly believe that the American dream exists. Although that dream is generally chasing some sort of celebrity and income level and lots of shiny objects so that you can better take care of your family. But in order to get all of those things, you're constantly chasing some new goal and always putting something else in in front of it. And so you're never actually truly satisfied and Kevin and I have both had some life experiences here shortly where we've really had to step back and and question what it is that's important to us and what these goals actually mean and do you need the status symbol do you need the car do you need the house do you need the vacation all you know or or is being able to spend time with your wife on the porch at the end of a day or, you know, taking your kids on a family vacation to Wisconsin, the the thing that's going to make it happen for you. So we're going to dig into this kind of what what happens, what gets proposed to you growing up within the American culture and how we need to look at this as business people and, and really assess how to figure out what it is we want to do. Before I have Kevin introduce himself, we jump into all of that. Floor Academy Podcast is here for you every week, dropping some kind of business knowledge to help you better assess where you're at and how to move forward so that you can run a profitable, manageable, freeing up your time so you can have actual free time. That's why most of us become business owners, and then we end up with with none. And so every week, we're, we're talking with business owners for you to be able to take golden nuggets out of these conversations, implement into your business one thing at a time so it's not overwhelming, and make a difference. One of the ways you can do that beyond listening to the show is you can hop into one of our mastermind groups. Our business therapy mastermind groups are absolutely amazing. Uh, you know, we put five business owners into a group. We meet every other week. There's accountability to not only reach your goals, but you can express your frustrations with where your life is at and get feedback on what you're trying to accomplish in your business in real time from other business owners that are more than likely facing the same issues as you. 
Uh, we want to thank our sponsors. We've we've got Johns Manville, we've got Surfaces, IQ Power Tools, and hopping on just recently here is Crota Software. So thank you to them. They help make the things happen around here. If you want to help support the show because it's helping you, head on over to patreon.com forward slash floor academy. Even five bucks a month goes a long way in helping me keep the messages coming to you so that you can be more successful. Uh, that all being said, Krona Software has a quick message. So are you looking for an easy and affordable way to manage your business? Cronus Flooring Software is your solution. Streamline your workflow for managing leads, inventory, and scheduling installations. It includes every feature needed to support your business at an affordable price. It's extremely user-friendly and easy to navigate. Full integration with QuickBooks makes trick... Uh, tricking tracking your profitability as easy as clicking a button visit chronosoft.com to schedule a demo today that's k-r-o-n-u-s-s-o-f-t.com they've got a very cool platform it's very reasonable to be able to get started if you don't have a crm in your business i highly suggest checking them out Uh, i was very impressed with what they have going on and the best part it is built by a flooring retailer who looked at all the other CRM and measuring options and stuff like that on the market. And he said, I don't like any of them. I'm going to go find a software guy and he's made his own. So he's solving it from within. It's not a company that said, let us get into this industry. It's our industry solving the industry's problems. So go give them a shout over at chronosoft.com and see if they can't help you become a little more organized and streamlined. Whew, too much. All right. That's enough for me. <laughs> Kevin, <laughs> welcome to the show. Who are you? What do you do? Why do you do it? Oh, my goodness, Kyle. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, that's quite an intro. Um, but you got to check all those boxes. I certainly understand. Um, as you have shared with the group, um, I am Kevin Vogel, and I am I recently joined uh, Reach Social as the COO. Uh, we can certainly debate the uh, um the, the the validity of the title but, <laughs> well deserved um, well deserved but, title but it, but but it is true um that my wife does own the business um founded uh, originally in january of 2021 um but yeah 30 plus years in the floor covering and construction industry um started out in the bay area of california where i grew up um and uh, quickly had an opportunity to move out east and kind of start my own life and my own career away from all of my family and took that leap of faith uh, and never looked back. And I've I've been very fortunate to um, work for some organizations that were founded by some really, really um, creative thinkers that kind of played a, a mentor role in my development throughout mm-hmm. my career. Um, you know, even uh, was part of a transaction selling a business to Home Depot, which was one of the greatest experiences of of my my business life. Hmm. Um, what you learn uh, in, in those uh, those times is is uh, something you take on uh, and use down the line. But um, yeah, over the years, um, had a variety of positions. I've been on all sides of the flooring industry. Um, started actually in the warehouse um, in. Uh, uh, Livermore, California, back in, God, it had to be 92, and um, I went on to become an apprentice installer long enough to realize there was a great living to be made in the flooring industry, but on my knees was not how I wanted to make it. Can't so, uh, 
Yeah. So, uh, you know, got into project management, ultimately got into working for manufacturers, but really found my niche for the majority of my career, um, building and managing um, residential flooring contract businesses, working direct with home builders and commercial contractors. Um, So, yeah, that's uh, that's the 30 seconds or less. That was probably 90 seconds. So all good. And and, but so within this, it was you built a very good life for yourself. And and there's there's been a there's been, you know, homes and vacations and (laughs) family and kids, uh, you know, there's been all of that in there. But with where we're we're going with this and, and the conversation is you you felt very empty recently it didn't matter how much you had you you yeah. ended up just not morally but like i don't know like in life you felt bankrupt almost even though you had everything that like many people looking from the outside in right this is this is the american trap is as we are envious of what our neighbors have and you don't see what's actually going on on the inside but outward appearances you had it all, man. You had a good six-figure income. You had the big house. You had the vacations. You got the, you got the beautiful yeah. wife. Like, what what could go wrong for Kevin? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a um, uh, from the outside looking in, all of those things are incredibly apparent, right? And I have people in my life that I look at today that I I say the same thing. I'm like, oh my god, you've got this great job, and you've got this amazing family, and you've got. But then you you get into a dialogue with them on a level very similar to the way that you and I have connected most recently, mm-hmm. where the barriers come down and you start to realize they're just as effed up inside as I was, right? Like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we're all in the same boat. And, you know, I made a note as I was listening to your intro and you used a term, the American dream, right? We're all chasing the American dream. And, and the note that I made was a reminder to to come back to everybody doesn't have to have the same American dream. Yes. We all have been brought up. I know certainly speaking for myself, you know, I grew up in a family with a super hardworking father that grew up in a family with a super hardworking father, my grandfather. And, you know, so that you follow in those footsteps. I swore my whole life as a teenager as I unpacked my father's um, samples that were delivered every day from the variety of co- uh, carpet mills he worked for. Like I did all of that work for him and always swore as a result of it. I never end up in the flooring industry 30 years later. How'd that work out for me? But but to your point, the the industry has been amazing to Mm -hmm. me over 30 years i i have earned a lot of of money in the in that time i have had an amazing number of of life-changing experiences you know back in the day when manufacturers were spending money entertaining clients um all over the place i've played great golf courses i've been on these amazing trips and all these corporate junkets but at the end of the day those are short-term experiences that yes, create long-term memories, but mm-hmm. you're happy while you're having them. You're happy maybe for a week or two afterwards, and then they become an afterthought. Then they become a story you tell ten years later about this great experience that you had. But it doesn't, it doesn't create or add to the fuel that makes you drive on a daily basis. And so I'm kind of coming all the way back around to what we're really here to talk about. 
And it was the trigger for me um, when we were living in California, Shannon and I, um, living across the street from my father, who I'd lived across the country from for 25 years. So having an opportunity to nurture that relationship again, and, and that time was was just priceless. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had to have a job that paid a certain level to be able to afford to live where I was. And all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're like, I'm on the road three weeks out of every month, three to four nights every week. When I come home, all I want to do is be quiet. And I want to live in this house that I'm working so hard to be able to afford. And then you just kind of wake up one day and you're like, what am I doing this for? Like, what is the end game? Mm-hmm. And then COVID hit and COVID was really good in that I think it created the opportunity for all of us to press pause, right? Like, oh my God, people are dying around me. Things are crazy. Like, I don't know what to believe, what to do, but I'm going to get into my little bubble here. And as a result of it, you start to get super introspective. And, yes. you know, it was middle uh, October-ish of 2020 and um, I looked at my wife one day and was like, I, I just, what are, what are we doing? What am I doing? Like, this can't be my existence for the rest of my life. I've never made more money than I am right now. And I've never been more miserable than I am right now. Like, where is the finish line? What is the goal? What are my priorities? And so that triggered us mm-hmm. into, okay, let's sell the house. Let's pocket the money. Let's go back to Colorado where my daughter was moving back to from graduation, um, from, from getting her bachelor's degree and let's start our new life. And I'm going to use this sabbatical as an opportunity. I'm going to take a year off and I'm going to figure out what I want to be when I grow up and I'm going to create this business model and I'm going to do all of this. And then I got there and I'm in the middle of it. And while some people would say, Oh my God, what an amazing experience. For somebody that puts so much self-worth on earnings and achievements and titles Mm -hmm. to wake up one day in the middle of a sabbatical and realize you have got none of that and you don't have a plan yet, all of a sudden triggers this, this reactionary, oh my God, I'm behind, I'm behind, I'm behind, I've got to come up with the idea. But you know what was really eye-opening to me through that whole experience, Kyle, is I realized that I'm not an entrepreneur in the truest sense of an entrepreneur. I'm not the guy that can take this idea and build the infrastructure from the ground up and know what to put in place. What I've been fortunate to have for 30 years is an opportunity to walk into an existing business that maybe not flatlined, but had become stagnant and wanted to achieve and grow. And I was able to take the the the, the guts, if you will, and start moving levers okay. and paint and create a strategy to go implement and execute. And when I put myself in a position to come up with this great idea that I was gonna spend the rest of my life chasing, I panicked and I realized that that's not who I was. So, as we all do instinctively, it was like, Oh my God, I got to get, I got to go get another job. <laughs> so here I went, got a job as a national sales manager for this manufacturer, still in construction, but not in flooring. Maybe that's going to change everything. Cause it's not flooring. Oh my God. It'll be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Guess what? Widgets are widgets. 
are widgets. It's the same shit. It's just, you, you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. So um, in all of this in the last year, year and a half, I guess, um, I was on social media and I, I've shared with you, but I, I'm going to repeat, there was a trigger for me as I was back in the workforce, but realizing I still was miserable. Mm -hmm. I didn't get out of my sabbatical, what I intended to, um, you know, didn't put us in the best financial position coming out of it because it was a lot of um, R&D, if you will, but not a lot of substance coming out of it. Yes, yes. And what's that? I said, yes, yes. Oh, I, I can yes. relate. I understand. <laughs> So I I came across a TikTok of all things, and it um, I didn't even know who the guy was at the time. I've since realized his name is Jesse Eitzler, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name correctly or not. Co-founder of Marquee Jet, co-founder of Zico Coconut Water, married to the founder of Spanx, um, like serial entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And it was an interview, and he was like, look, I'm 50 years old. He goes through this whole thing about the average lifespan in America today, 78 years old, and I'm 50. And he, he goes through and he's like, I have 27 summers left in my life. And here's the list of things that I've done in my life, but those are all behind me. And here's the list of things that I want to accomplish in the next 27 summers. And this is the finite amount of time I have to accomplish mm. it. He said, so I've got to be uber efficient about what I do, who I do it with, and when I do it, because I need to be incredibly purposeful about achieving as much of those experiences as I want. And I don't know, like, if that was just the cherry on the Sunday or it was the two by four upside my head, a la Tommy boy, but it rattled something in me that said, I've been looking at this all wrong. It's who do I want to be around? Who do I want to spend my time with? What do I want to do? And ultimately what it all came back to for me is my passion, my, my, my focus today is happiness. Mm -hmm. And so what does happiness look like? Happiness doesn't look anything like a W-2. It doesn't look like anything like a business card with a fluffy title on it. It looks like the grin on my face. It looks like the the lack of stress lines in my forehead, in my eyes, because when I get up in the morning, what I choose to do that day, I'm choosing to do it for me and for my wife and my family and our business. And some days we work from, you know, the morning to the afternoon, and then we might go screw off for three or four hours. But then we're both on our laptops at eight o'clock at night working till 10 or 11. But that's what happiness looks like to us. Mm -hmm. Because ultimately where I got in, in this whole process, um, two and a half years in, is that happiness equals freedom in my world. Or the reverse, freedom equals happiness. Yeah. And so, you know, that has been everything for me in the in the last year and a half in particular. Um, but really, I would say it's probably hit the, the, the hit home the hardest in the last six months. Well, it sounds like, you know, you were 
Again, if we're going to go and talk about, you know, this American dream idea, and <laughs> you, you made a great point in that COVID kind of gave us a, a reset button because it it stopped the machine that is American culture in its tracks, essentially. It, it stopped America from functioning as it had for, I, I don't know, let's say that like corporate business really started taking off in the in the 50s let's say okay and it it, that just continued to push and push and push and and really build out what the culture in this country is COVID steps in says nope you can't operate that way anymore and everyone was standing there thinking what do i do now which so it was a great opportunity it coincided very well with what she had going on but now you sat there and you were like well what what does this all look like? And I don't know that enough of us take the time to do that. And that's where I've been at for the last 18, 24 months as I've not been installing floors as much, still have that business, still install floors. I haven't installed here, the you know, starting right after Thanksgiving, although this comes out, um, what was this? This comes out at the beginning of December. But anyways, you know, that's how editing and recording works and whatnot, folks. But <laughs> I, I do like there's an install coming up and, and but the podcast has been a focus. But so as like trying to figure out, essentially, I was looking at me and it's just like, I'm not happy. I was in the same boat you are. And, and I, that's really what we've connected over recently is just being like, what what is it? And before we got on, I was talking with a buddy of mine. And the thought came to me as he was telling me a story. I was like, well, what's the story we're telling ourselves? And I think that's exactly where most of us are at is you can wake up and you can start assessing things and you start telling yourself the story of I have the big title. I have the money. I have I have to go do this install and I have to put in a 12 hour day because we need the paycheck at the end of the week so I can pay rent like whatever it is you're telling yourself the story that makes you feel good about yourself and you're justifying the reasons for it as opposed to looking at what is what are all of the outside factors and the outside stories and how do i play into this to make all of us move the direction you want and i think when you when you're talking about you know my my happiness equals freedom You've you've since stopped looking at the story of what makes Kevin number one on the podium and said what makes us, whether it's the the business as a whole, your family as a whole, your you know, your friends as a whole, whatever that is, and you're saying what what puts us on the podium at number one equaling yeah. happiness. And that's a huge just mind shift change from where our culture has been going and and i don't know if this is the normal midlife crisis thing that happens you know it happened you you, like you said you're 50 i i turned 41 and i've been kind of dealing with it since 40 and and i'm just like i don't is this the standard thing that most people are going through or is this i I don't I don't know if we're normal and most people aren't willing to talk about it or if this is like the we're the odd ones out, but we're going to get what we ultimately want because we're willing to have this like existential crisis and work through it. It, But it's it's very interesting. Right. And and how you you 
it it's just it's a shock and one day you're just like i have to stop and figure this out like this is not working what i thought was important isn't important and and you're here halfway through your life and you're throwing everything you knew out the window none of it matters anymore and you're like okay how do i even start well yes to all of what you just said 100 (laughs) percent. i i I wrote down a couple of things as you were saying them Mm -hmm. one (laughs) One point to, to really hone in on or, or focus on the use of the term I need to or I have to. If you're using those two terms on a daily basis, then you're not in that right headspace as far as I'm concerned. What got me where I am today is changing or interchanging those words to I want to. Mm-hmm. I want to go do those things today because I want the freedom that completing those things creates for me. I'm not doing them because I have to anymore because I don't have a boss standing over my shoulder that says, where are those reports? I am the guy responsible for getting those reports done. So if I want to do them today, I'm going to do them. Now, I know there's probably some people that are going to be like, yeah, it's not that simple. You still got due dates and all of that. Yeah, we're talking more 30,000 feet. We're not Mm -hmm. talking about the nuts and bolts that that are the support system of the business. Right. Um, But, you know, one of the things that I think I didn't touch on initially um, that I think is very relevant and where you just left off is I think that in order to find where your passion is or find where your where your freedom lies, where your happiness lies, is you've got to be able to be real honest with yourself about who you are, about what do you really like about yourself, and what do you really not like about mm-hmm. yourself? Mm-hmm. And what are you going to do about the things that you don't really like about yourself? I mean, your recent commitment to exercise and dieting and, you know, getting that portion of your life on a track that you feel really good about. That was a conscious decision that you allowed yourself to, to kind of let the walls down and say, I'm not happy with this version of myself. So I'm going to go do something about it. Yeah. And I think that ultimately that's where I've gotten to, you know, I, I'm a, Look, I'm six foot four, 320 pounds. I'm a big, ominous figure that a lot of people look at and go, oh, my God, he's, you know, must be strong or, you know, whatever. <laughs> the reality of it is between my ears, I'm as weak as anybody could possibly be. And where the real trigger for me was allowing myself to be introspective, allowing myself to share with friends like yourself. Hey, mm-hmm. look, I'm in therapy. I've invested the time. I I broke down those walls because I wanted to understand what the formula was to live a better life than I had. And I look, I have no regrets over the 52 years that are in my rearview mirror. Like I've had some amazing experiences. I have an amazing 24-year-old daughter that I'm proud to say is going to finish her master's degree on December 15th and is in behavioral nice. psychology and has a passion to work with children with autism for the rest of her life. Like I, I am so proud of that and her. So what am I doing to make my impact? What am I doing to, to be different? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's, it, it, it literally has been this willingness to openly talk to other guys in particular, right? Because guy to guy is where we are, 
falsely our most protective of our innermost feelings, right? Mm -hmm. Like typically, hey, you and I know each other, but there we were two months ago having this conversation and this dialogue that was super raw and honest and truthful. And like, I hung up the, and I was like, okay, that was badass. Like, I feel yes. like that was a conversation that moved the needle for both of us. Mm -hmm. So there's gotta be a willingness there to, to take things in differently than you have before. And I think that that was probably the biggest hurdle for me getting into to where I am now. Well, I, coming from, okay, so we work in this flooring industry and you did have time as an installer and that's a majority of, of the audience here, right? And that's sure. historically male-dominated market, very, very sure. macho, okay? So we all got to, you know, we can, we can have our, you know, dick measuring contests and who's better at what and all this fun stuff. But I think that's the point is that you and I were able to sit there, have a conversation, put the egos aside and be like, hey, look, man, I'm a hot mess. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, me too. Let's talk about it. And uh, it, a lot of people would look at that and be like, oh, my God, I can't believe you guys sat there and had these deep conversations. But you know what? What's yeah. what's wrong with it? Because we need more attention on this. Like there is nothing wrong with sitting there and trying to figure out like, okay, how do I get introspective? How do I look at myself? How do I become a better version of myself so that I can help my family and my business? And that's where a lot of struggles happen is that I think we get that again, this, this American culture, the American dream, the macho-ness of it all gets in the way of us being able to reach our full potential because you're, led to believe that isn't how it's done but i don't no. see how it works without coming to this step where you're able to actually look at yourself and figure out it, it going in the mirror waking up going to the mirror staring at the person that's staring back at you and picking out flaws and actually admitting that they exist you know whether you're you're lazy, you you you're fat, you're an alcoholic, you have a drug addiction, you um can't you know your leadership style sucks. Like pick something out and look. These are things that like, I'm being honest right now. Like this is where I was at. Like these are things that I had to look myself in the mirror yeah. and really get ugly and just be like, no man, like you can't cover it up anymore. These are actual issues. And then, okay how do I now attack these and figure them out? Because I could have continued to wake up and tell, Oh yeah. Hey, you look pretty good. You're going to go, you're going to, you're going to get a bunch of exercise by installing a floor for the day. You're going to go and have a high level business conversation with someone to record the podcast. You're going to make all this money. So the wife and kids get whatever they want. And yet none of that <laughs> mattered. Cause I would come home and drink a 12 pack. So all the exercise I did was out the window. Yeah. Uh, the high level business conversation is, is me just having a conversation. It's it's fun, but it's not anything that special. And, uh, meanwhile, my kids and wife felt ignored cause I didn't spend any time with them cause it was all spent installing a floor and then having a high level business discussion. And then I went to bed. Yeah. So uh, I accomplished nothing. Uh, so getting real and actually looking at what, you what you say your life is and what your life really is it hurts but yeah. being honest like that and look guys i get it oh we have to be macho no you can have feelings and i i think actually having 
feelings goes way, way further than most of us realize. Um, there's one of the best selling posters, like historically, is is a picture of this like really handsome dude holding a baby. And he's he's got his shirt off and like he's a like muscular dude, probably late twenties, early thirties, just holding this infant baby. And women eat it up. But it's not because he's muscular and good looking. It's because he's kind and mm-hmm. there's tenderness. And there's like this protection that he's offering the the baby in the picture, like all of these other things that the qualities are what the women are attracted to. But our minds have been warped as men yeah. to be like, oh, let's look at all the macho things about it. None of them matter. That's not what they're like looking at. And so for us to sit here and, and think that we can't express feelings is just absolutely absurd and to be honest and and look i i kind of have to plug myself more and this is something that i need to learn to do the biggest advantage of the business therapy like this is why i started calling them business therapy is the mm-hmm. the mastermind groups the biggest thing has been that people coming and getting a chance to express their bullshit every other week has changed their lives Because you do, you really get to come in, you get a vent to people that understand, you get down and get to know these people and and we're all in the, we're all in the trust tree and none, you know, it doesn't come out otherwise and you just, you get to expose yourself on a different level and when you can come and be surrounded by people where you can be your real self and you don't have to put on the, you know, the costume anymore, it is absolutely game changing. Having sat in on one of those mastermind calls with you and and the the few guys that were on that call, mm-hmm. everything that you just said, I think, is one hundred percent accurate in in the value of those. But the word that it that is missing is accountability. And yes. I think that that's probably what makes the mastermind groups really work and become effective is you're creating this this group that stays together through the mastermind growth process and everybody's got to share everybody's got to be open but at the same time you're they're all peers right so when they their bullshit detector goes off i know they're calling the other guy on the bullshit it's like, oh, yeah, okay, you're probably right. I probably fibbed that a little bit. It's more like this, right? Uh-huh. And so it, just being able to be raw and honest, whatever the venue is, if you just allow yourself to be the truest version of yourself as often as you possibly can, keep those walls down. Like To me, that's where the meaningful dialogue comes in. That's yeah. where yeah. you really actually move the needle. Otherwise you're playing freaking checkers, but all you're both doing is you're just moving checkers forward and backward, forward and backward, forward and back, right? Like nobody's crossing the midline. It's like, yeah, we're just going to sit here and volley. And then maybe somebody's going to lower their guard and we're going to jump over the net or it, mm-hmm. it just, if you don't have that connection and you're not willing to let yourself go there, um, and, you know, because the majority of your listeners are indeed flooring installers or contractors or, you know, that you kept using the word macho, which I think is a is an appropriate adjective for for the subject matter. Like, man, 
macho is a is that's a vision we all have in our own head right so when somebody is so focused on not wanting to present weakness in any way shape or form that's them representing what i believe is the false narrative of macho mm-hmm. right like macho is i'm in complete control and i've got this and i've got that and oh, i'm the big tough guy and all of that well yeah, I, I know from personal experience that sometimes those are the weakest, right? So the ability to be open and true with yourself has to happen first before it'll go anywhere else. And, you know, look, my my journey, um, I would be remiss not to, to make it a point to share this. You know, my wife, Shannon, and I have been, it's both of our second marriages, but we've been together, just celebrated our 20 uh 22nd anniversary 21st anniversary of our first date february will be our 18th anniversary um being married and from the time that we met like i was this gruff macho guy over here Mm -hmm. and she was kind of a little bit of a wild child but like there was nothing she was afraid to talk about and over the years we've kind of met each other in the middle Mm -hmm. And really the last couple of years in the relationship that her and I have, she's given me the support and the confidence to be my rawest and truest self. She has been my biggest cheerleader in the 20 plus years that her and I have been together and always taken the backseat to my career. I mean, all of our moves were dictated by my career. Mm -hmm. And you know, I put it out on social media when I made the decision in October, beginning of October, to come on to reach and walk away from a six-figure salary with no guarantee of a replacement yes. for any time frame and no significant savings account. Like most people would look at our financial situation and be like, you are an effing idiot for pulling the plug when you did. But you know what? There will never be a better time. If not now, when? Like, like if you're not willing to commit to banking on yourself now, then when? But for me, I've gotten over the the need to be the guy with the biggest title in the room or the guy with the biggest paycheck in the room or the the self-belief that I was anyways. And Mm -hmm. instead, I'm so excited about being in a position in life and in a position professionally where I can take what Shannon has done for me the last 20 plus years of our relationship. And now it's my turn to be her biggest cheerleader. I want to be the guy behind the scenes that creates the efficiencies in her business that allows her to go live her best career and her best life because she's got so much to give to so Mm -hmm. many people. Like it's time for her to have the stage and some of my friends are like, wow, are you really going to be okay with that? Taking the back seat. And I'm like, brother, I am dying to jump into the back seat. Like <laughs> that is such an exciting freaking place for me to be right now. It's a, uh, it, it's funny. I gotta, I gotta interrupt us and then, and then we'll hop in on this, but uh, yeah. yeah, I have some thoughts for sure. So quick, quick little word here from John's Manville, zero entry, curbless ADA compliant, all these words describe a shower pan style that is both luxurious and accessible for every person. Gilboard Point Drain was designed with this in mind. The low profile features and adjustable riser perfectly enable a zero entry installation. Whether you install mud pans 
or use GoBoard wedges, the integrated membrane keeps water securely flowing in the right direction, down the drain. Visit www.jm.com forward slash GoBoard to discover the possibilities. All right, Kevin. So it's you're talking about taking a back seat and I don't even know that you are like, you can still have this, this front seat, but you've learned to share it and to put other people up there with you and let them show off their talents. And it's, again, we have very similar things. Like my wife has been by my side for almost 20 years at this point. And, but she wasn't like, it's just recently that I've learned like what at my side means yeah. it was she was in the back seat and it was like no you stay there move out of my way i'm just gonna go do all this stuff and and she's put up with it and there's been a lot of not so great things i've done and we were having a conversation the other day and she's like aren't you glad i waited because like i knew what was there and i was like i don't know i wouldn't have i don't know what you were doing but <laughs> like i would have left me but it was like she knew there was something there to to turn and right, she was like, she sat there and kept polishing the turd and polishing the turd. And eventually it was shiny. But I, I think you've, you've found a position to where you could, you know, yes, you can put her first and, and put her out there, but you're able to do it in a way that you both accentuate each other's uh, like best sides. And so it's not even necessarily taking a backseat again, like you guys are both there and able to present everything together as this is a unified front and we're going to combine our skills and figure out what really works. And I, again, this, you know, the bigger business conversation here is what are you doing in your life? Who are you having these conversations with? You know, some of these young guys aren't married yet, but do you have, can you have these discussions with your employees? You know, I'm, I'm big on the business basics right now and like having some core values and having a mission and a vision statement and making sure that your employees know them like actively, like they, they have them memorized and can recite them so that they know what you're trying to accomplish. That might take you getting a little vulnerable with them mm -hmm. because you might have to admit like, Hey man, the company's kind of struggling right now. Like, if you know somebody that could use a use work, like I could really use you to bring it in instead of doing it on the side, like help me help you continue to work or, you know, they've got to know what you're trying to build. Are you trying to help the community? Are you, you know, if you're just trying to put money in your own pocket, no one's going to want to support that. And so being open and honest with people is going to, wow, Kyle, that's so insightful, right? Like who didn't know that? And yet here we are all telling these yeah. stories that, you know, I did it on my own. I don't need any help. I can, I don't need this. And yet here Kevin and I are having this conversation about how game changing it is to actually do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it, what's interesting too, and in, in a little sidebar segue, um, although there, I, I do want to pause. You just use the word vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And as somebody in a leadership position, being vulnerable with employees and all of that, I applaud that statement because quite frankly, being transparent and being vulnerable, number one, it allows you to connect with your employees on a level that they never would have expected. You now become a real human 
as a leader to them, not mm-hmm. just somebody in charge of their paycheck. And if you can be vulnerable and transparent and at the same time, listen for the signs that they are willing to do the same and then embrace those conversations and get to know your people on a level that maybe you don't think is professional, but it it can be professional, right? Like, so don't be fearful of embracing the opportunity to connect with your people, your teams on that level, because I think that that would be a massive mistake not to. Mm-hmm. But I have been fortunate enough to lead a, a number of teams in my 30 years. And while I am confident there are more than a few detractors to my leadership style over the decades, I would still confidently say that I think I have connected with more people on the teams that I've had and been more invested in their future development and their future career aspirations um, than I haven't been. And that's something that makes me feel good inside when I put my head on the pillow at night. Like I know that I've Mm -hmm. positively impacted other people's lives in that way. Um, But so shifting gears to the today and, you know, when we start talking about passion and freedom equals happiness, happiness equals freedom, you know, I've been with the company for six weeks now and trying to kind of figure out where I can be and what I can do to both most benefit the company. But at the same time, also acknowledging that I needed to find at reach social some passion projects of my own, mm-hmm. whether that's, you know, a customer segment that we're not currently in because the majority of reach socials customer base today is construction and or flooring based. Um, I just landed my first client, got a signed contract back this week, having been with the company for six weeks. But guess who it is? It is a track day organization that hosts and sponsors 55 events a year to rent and or bring your race cars to the most iconic racetracks in America and drive for the weekend, which has been a hobby of mine to do as a participant for Mm -hmm. the last 15 years. Well, now all of a sudden we're, we're taking over their social media, Jan one. And all of a sudden I'm thinking to myself, I am more excited about getting up each day focused on how to invest into making that business as successful as I possibly can. I'm not going to get rich doing it. It's Mm -hmm. just another customer when it comes to the revenue for the business, but it fills my soul. And that ultimately is what we're all chasing, right? Is how do you find yourself in that position where you wake up in the morning and go, holy shit, I can't imagine doing anything else today. That there, right there, right. So, how many times have you know? I you don't hang out in the the social forums on like Facebook as much as I do, but there are a lot of, and we've talked about this on the show before. There are a lot of salty contractors out there that you know a young kid will come onto one of the groups and start asking about like, how do I get further along? How do I open my own business? And these these crusty old men just come along. They're like, don't do it. It sucks. I hate my life. God. Dude, if you're that miserable, why are you still doing it? I am sorry, but I don't care how little control you think you have. No one has a gun to your head every morning telling you to go install floors again. Go become a plumber. Go sell blinds. Go work at McDonald's. I don't care what you do, man. Go make a decision to like go do. I can't. My life doesn't afford me that. Really? Because... 
if you're a contractor, you're probably not an employee. That's there, There's a good chance that you're not an employee, which means you've already taken your entire livelihood into your own hands. And you're telling me you don't have any control? You have all the control in the world because you already put everything on your own back, man. Just make the decision to go do something else. That happiness key is is absolutely it. I love this industry. It has changed my life. Do I want to install floors anymore? Not really. I'll be honest. I really yeah. love doing this, being able to connect with people, have conversations, help them get insights into their own business, being able to look at the 30,000 foot view of businesses. I love doing what I'm doing now. This is really, really exciting. A couple of years ago, learning how to install a floor and installing it was the most awesome thing. In a couple more years, I might not like that. At one point, I liked making video production and, and making TV shows, and that was the greatest thing since sliced bread to me. It changes every like five years. I kind of want to reinvent myself like five to seven. But, uh, you know, it's I don't know that that's wrong. Like, I'm going to go find a way to take my skill sets apply them in a way that makes me happy so that I want to go generate some kind of an income. And I've now learned that I can do that fairly well. Like I can just kind of find a way to generate income. But how do I put the least amount of effort forward possible to get the biggest return so that I can go invest my time into my kids and my wife? Yeah, And that's been the like big like switch for me or flip is okay. It's I say it's about them, but I wasn't, it wasn't actually about them. It was about me. Now I'm trying to actually make it about them and be like, okay, I want to give them as much time as possible, but I still have to be able to like, I want to provide at a level that I determine. So now how do I find a way to capitalize and and market my skill sets as profitably as possible in the least amount of time. And, And that's, that's a trick to like be able to figure that out. But anybody can do that. Like you don't stop watching your 30 minute show. Just get off a of TikTok and the death scroll. Well, Go. It, 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 <laughs> and the, the one caveat to that, or the one clarification that I would make there mm-hmm. is the word provide. What is it that you need to provide to your family? Is it the money? No. And that's where I was mistaken. And that was kind of my, I I mean, look, at the end of the day, we all need to keep a roof over our head and Mm -hmm. make sure there's food on the table for our families. I'm I'm not trying to be coy about any of that. But what do you think? And and I think you've already touched on it um, that your, your wife has, has acknowledged with you. Providing is so much more than a W2. It is so much more than a bank balance. Your presence your involvement in their daily lives, your ability to commit to them emotionally and financially, financially being second intentionally, because at the end of the day, you're the parent of two beautiful children. You've got an amazing wife. I've been Mm -hmm. fortunate enough to meet them all. At the end of the day, that is what you should be most proud of, is the family that you have created and chosen to be your core everything else should be about how can I enhance that experience? Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much money you've got in the bank. When you're dead, you're freaking dead. 
right? Like yes. that money's left for somebody else to go have an experience with. And you certainly want to provide well for your children so that they have the opportunity to to get a better start maybe than you did when you were in their age, uh, at their age as teenagers and whatnot. But at the end of the day, I want to be able to provide for my family emotionally before financially. And that is the inverse or reverse of how I've lived the last 30 years of my life. Yes. Because the last 30 years I was living, I was living based on society's checklist. And only in the last 24 months have I decided that society's checklist is bullshit. It really is. Because nobody else in society is living inside the four walls that occupy this house. Yep. So I've got to be uber connected with my wife and I've got to have an amazing relationship with my child. Like those are the most important things in the world to me. Money. I bought all the shit. I've given all the shit away. I've had some great experiences. I've had plenty. I've had none. I've had plenty again. I've had none again. Like none of that matters. Nobody gives a shit about that report card. Like if you, God forbid, something happened to you tomorrow, like what is your family going to miss the most? And I guarantee you it's not your paycheck. Yeah, it's it's funny what happens when you step back and, and you actually do that exercise. There's a, there's a there's two things that I want to do here. So one, I've been become really interested in like the European way of living lately <laughs> and, and just like historically, um, you know, they'll still live in, in small homes. And multi-generationally, but it's a way cheaper way to live and there's more support. The, The second part of it is, is that in Western culture, when I come up to you and I say, hey, Kevin, nice to meet you. You know, who are you or, or what do you do, right? It, it, well, if I ask you who you are, you'll immediately tell me I'm the CEO of Reach Social. We identify with titles of where we're at in life. In a lot of developing countries, you can go up to people and ask them who they are, and they will immediately tell you they are the son or the daughter of blah, blah, blah. And that's how we used to be. But something changed in in Western culture to where we identify as the thing we do instead of who we are. And so we don't have that. The value of family doesn't exist as strongly in Western culture as it used to and that's why i'm attracted to this european way of of lifestyle and living multi-generationally what does that look like one it's not only cheaper because you have more people providing to like make this whole thing go round but when you start to look at it okay so i currently have my wife's family is all in wisconsin they're 1800 miles away i have some family here in phoenix but everyone's like 20 or 30 minutes away So if I need something, it's a hassle to make it happen. Whereas if we all lived multi-generationally, like if Mike, you know, in a couple of years, my son's 14 now. So let's say, you know, by 20, he has a kid. He can stay at home and live with us. Well, he's got to go to work. Mom's still not, you know, his, his mom doesn't work and maybe his wife wants to work. Well, there's somebody that's there that's available to take care of this child without it being an inconvenience to pay for, you know, babysitting or daycare, whatever you got to do, because that costs an arm and a leg. Like it just, it makes the whole system go a lot smoother, but then it's also, you're more connected with the people that actually matter to you. 
And that's what can you grow when, again, you know, this was the big thing was like, what can we make together? Like, that's what you're doing with Shannon now. What for, for years it was, what can Kevin do on his own? And Shannon gets to do her thing, but I'm going to go do all of this. And then finally you were like, Oh wait, hold on. The, uh, the best opportunity has been in front of me the whole time. And I didn't even realize it. And so now what can we do together? And for the grander scheme of like this business conversation of being on the show and you're like, why are we all touchy feely today? Who is it? Like, maybe you don't have the wife and kids yet, right? Maybe it is you and you're in your early twenties and you're just trying to build this construction business. Who can you go invest in, right? Can you invest in your employees? Can you go find a part of the community to help build? Like, where can you invest your time and disconnect from what is culturally normal and go put a different spin on it and not only will it help you it'll help your business but you'll get other people anything that's countercultural gets attention so if you want to go market your business and it from a, a truly pure place like that's the thing if you if you go into this specifically for like wanting to get marketing for your business out of it, everyone's going to see right through you. But if you truly yep. want to go and be countercultural and you do it, you are going to get so much more attention than you ever wanted. And it'll probably be good. Yep. Yeah, there, there is a one other thing that I wanted to share with you today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how we are on time, we're, so I'll be quick good. about it. But um, one of the the things that I think is a roadblock, especially for those young 20-somethings that don't yet have the family and the stability and all of that, um, and, and again, shifting gears just a little bit here, is the use of the term busy. How many times do you talk to somebody and they're like, oh, my God, I want to do this, 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 and this, and this, but I'm so busy. I'm so busy. Mm-hmm. I'm there is an article, and I just went and Googled it because I wanted to make sure that it was still posted. Um, I found this in 2013. It was written in 2012. It's a New York Times opinion piece, and it's called The Busy Trap. And I would, anybody that is challenged with finding the time to invest in themselves, I would strongly recommend you just Google it, look at the article. It's a five-minute read, 10-minute read, but it opened my eyes, and I shared it with my team. At the time, I had 50 people working in my division at uh, Interior Specialists here in Denver, and I had a group of managers that, oh, my God, we were so busy. We were, oh, my God, we're so slammed. We're so, we don't have time for that. Mm -hmm. Read that article, and it will give you a perspective on what actually busy means, and busy I think growing up as we have, I think busy has been a a badge of honor for us. Yes. Like it is, it, it's like putting a uniform number on your shirt kind of thing. Like it defines you and identifies you as somebody that puts in all the extra effort. Yeah. Just to, it just means that you might not be the most efficient at what you're doing. Right. You nobody should have to be that busy doing those types of things. So if if the word busy or the things that you associate with busy are the speed bumps keeping you from getting introspective, just reevaluate that perspective because we all determine what makes us busy. Mm-hmm. 
hustle hustle culture is not a good thing it is yeah. absolutely disgusting this like you got to always be busy and i was that guy i was i was doing the installations all day and i was doing the podcast at night and i was that guy and everyone was like oh my gosh you're so busy you're so like it's awesome i can't believe you're... it killed me yeah i like i pride myself on how lazy i can be these days like how little can i do and still yeah, pay and my we... bills so that i can go hang out like that's I'm so excited about like I can wake up and I can kind of record a podcast and I'm going to go do a little coaching with somebody today and then I get to go watch my daughter swim. Like yeah. I, perfect. And I and I had a lazy morning. I like how little can I do and make my life still function is my new goal. And and I think it's the greatest goal I've had as of yet. Yeah, it it, it is so anti everything that we have thought and done and yet look shannon and i use a term sometimes between the two of us that um i think probably is is relevant here and that term is somewhere in the middle like yes. you know when you identify something so completely effed up over here like our natural order of response is that if we're all the way over here we've got to go all the way over here but really where the dial needs to be is somewhere in the middle. Like, mm. yeah, you're way too one direction, but way to the other direction is just going to have the same result. Maybe it'll feel different, but it's still jacked up. Yeah. So you don't want to be as lazy as you can possibly be, even though those are the words that you use. But because I'm in the same boat that you are, I completely understand what you mean. But for those that are listening, maybe it's not, you know, like, <laughs> okay. yeah, yes. don't. Don't F off completely, but like find the balance, right? Because that, that at the end of the day is everything that we're talking about today is finding your balance. Your balance is not the balance of your friends. It's not the balance of your neighbors or your uncles or your parents. It's what is the balance that makes you feel the best that you can possibly be. Because the reality of it is if my first car when I was 16 years old, ironically, was from the same year that I was born, a 1971 Ford Maverick. Okay? That car was born in 1971, but if I got in that car today and drove it, it would literally be the biggest pile of shit I've ever sat in. But that's what it was 52 years ago when it was made. So why would you be stuck in the 70s and only driving that car when you could go get a car that has been updated along with the times and maybe there's some upgrades and i'm speaking about ourselves in the the term of being these vehicles mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. we should always be fine-tuning we should always be looking for ways to upgrade who we are and what resonates the most with us so that's my uh that's probably my um um Completely lost my train of thought. Not train of thought. My vocabulary. No, I think ahead. that's. I think those are great closing thoughts. Right. It's and you're right. It's not about like I want to be as lazy as possible. Yes, it's about finding balance of how do I, how do I find a way to make this all work in the most efficient way possible so that everybody's getting what they want. I need something that's rewarding for me, but I need to make it rewarding for my wife and kids as well. And it's been. Yep you had to get really serious and uncomfortable and it hurt to go and look at myself and admit a bunch of flaws and then say, all right, how do I actually fix these? How do I become not only a better person, a better business owner, 
a better husband, a better father and, and start picking myself apart and saying, all of this stuff sucks. Let's go change it now. It's not yeah. fun. And I, you went through the same experience. You had to sit there and like to invest yourself for almost 30 years into a career to build yourself up, to be this per, you know, you were a guy that could essentially put in a resume and you'd probably end up at the top of the pile rather quickly for the positions you were applying at. Take that, throw it away and say, all right, that was a thing, but that's not getting the results that I want anymore. So let's, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you spent almost 30 years building it. And then you just throw it out the window. Like it's really, it seems very, very counterproductive, counterintuitive, but you you have to die to yourself. I guess the way I could sum it up is that, so, you know, my daughter has down syndrome. I'm pretty sure I mentioned on the show. So for anybody that doesn't know, I have my, my daughter is the most amazing little girl. I, I absolutely know she has down syndrome, but in my head, before she was born, we had some warning signs. Um, but you don't want to believe those because I had all, I always wanted a little girl. I had her name picked out when I was like 14 years old. So 12 years later, like there she was, I had built up what this story looked like in my head for so many years that I actually mourned the loss of my daughter and she was in my hands. Like she's in my arms and I like you have to, it was really weird. And it it was a nurse that explained it to me. She was like, no, you actually like, you're going to mourn the loss of like, it's not your mourning that she's right here and like the physical person, but what I built up that vision of it. Yes. Like I had to mourn that child and then accept like, okay, I have this one and we're going to make some awesome times. But yeah. I, and I think that's what you and I have, have gone through and probably many others need to is like we've built up this one story and narrative, but it was the wrong one. And now yeah. we have to throw it away. And it's like, how do you as a man in this culture, how do you sit there and throw titles and money and status and all that stuff away and not think you're losing? Like it just it's again, it doesn't make sense. But yeah. I can I can tell you from what I've experienced, from what Kevin's experienced, and what he's telling, you're going to end up in a much better place. Yeah, yeah, right, hundred percent. The only thing that I would add to that, right, and I don't know that I'm really even adding to it, um, is to just pick that first person to open up to. Whoever that is in your life that you've not, maybe you think you've had deep conversations, but probably not this deep. And if you don't have the wife who's your best friend, like I think Kyle and I are both fortunate enough to have in our lives, there's somebody out there. There, There is a friend, there is somebody in your network that guaranteed is in the same exact place you are. They just don't know how to talk about it. So be the person that starts the conversation. Be the person that that gets a little bit vulnerable makes themselves a little bit uncomfortable but boy oh boy just building on what you just said there kyle like i i'm when i get out of bed in the morning i don't feel like i have a heavy chest anymore Mm -hmm. because i'm not worried about what anybody else thinks i'm only worried about what my wife thinks and the experiences that my wife and my child and her future family are all going to have together, that is what is going to define my happiness for the rest of my life. 
however long I'm fortunate enough to be here. And that that's the beauty of it, folks. Yep. That's so. that's it. We're gonna we're gonna leave it there. So uh look, if you want someone to reach out to, I, I'm sure Kevin would be happy to talk. I'm happy to talk, okay? I am it, happy it, to talk. So yes. you can you can easily reach out if you want to reach Kevin. I'll get you connected with him. If you want to reach out to me, you can look. You can find me on Facebook. It's Floor Academy Podcast at Gmail dot com. You can go to book dot dot com forward slash call or forward slash uh, Zoom, and you can schedule a meeting with me. Like I'm happy to do it. It is. I, I understand how important it is to just have someone to talk to, and that you know will listen and and be open and and receptive and not judge you. And so I am happy to do that for anybody that wants to reach out. Like no strings attached on anything. Let's just shoot the shit. That's what needs to happen, and more people need to do it. So, um, what do we got here? I, I want to thank everybody for listening. We, you know, go check out the, go to the website, check out the store, floracademypod.com, pick up a, pick up a t-shirt, pick up a hoodie, help support the show. Um, the, the shows are coming up. It's December. We're almost to January. We got Tice. Go get a fanny pack so you can put all your cool swag in it. So you can be one of the cool kids with a floor Academy fanny pack. Cause those are in like, that's a thing. They're super popular these days, guys. I promise. No lie. Like, you're going to be the coolest kid at Surfaces if you have a fanny pack. Uh, but no, there's lots of cool swag over there. Again, you can help support the show. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Floor Academy. And what do we got? We got a couple of words from our sponsors. So what do we got? Tice says, listeners, it's nearing show season again. And I want to remind you that the International Surface event is returning to Las Vegas January 24th through the 26th you're going to want to mark your calendars not just so you can go to my talk on tuesday morning but on the monday prior so january 23rd we're going to have the it's now an annual women's conference thing so you could definitely find shannon there she is going to be the like leader of it i, I can't think of the term she's the mc she's the head honcho she's going to be the one calling the shots on stage and introducing everybody this year and she probably has a talk and i'm pretty sure she has a uh i don't i always forget what they call them but she's got to talk one of the mornings as well if not one at least another and you'll probably be able to find her on the stage somewhere around there as well and if it goes the way she wants it to she may be dragging kevin into at least one of them and putting him on a stage and making him super uncomfortable which will be absolutely thrilling to watch so if you know lots just, of reasons it, to go to surfaces that, that just made me feel uncomfortable <laughs> you saying that so thank you for sharing that kyle no problem I will, i'm gonna have to get her on the phone and we'll make that happen but uh continuing that the ad spot here you know there's, look there's gonna be tons of stuff to happen over there it's gonna be great so registration is open and you can enter my name k-y-l-e and get a free exhibition pass to the show. So whether you're an installer, retailer, distributor, or serve in another capacity within our industry, attending TICE is a solid resource to expand your knowledge and networking base. You can also learn about the newest and industry-leading products coming to market. Stay up to date with the International Surfaces event page on Facebook or online at intlsurfaceevent.com. And lastly, but not least... 
You know the grind, the dust, the rain, the cold. We do too. We're IQ Power Tools, bored from the sweat and grit of two masons who knew there had to be a better way. We're not just making the tools, we're elevating the whole damn game. From our hands to yours, our story is your story. So let's cut the dust, not the ambition. Can't wait to meet you where it all happens, the job site. For more information on IQ Power Tools and their products, check out the link in the show notes. And if you know, if you're not a tile person, you still need to go check out IQ, their vacuum. I have it. It's super awesome. I didn't even get it. I bought it with my own money. I love the damn thing. I can do dustless tile removal with it. I can hook it up to my grinder and it's not spitting dust everywhere. And it's the most reasonably priced vacuum on the market that hits OSHA standards so that you're not putting dust out everywhere before getting into the really big, like super duper industrial ones. It does it. It it does it. So go check out the link in the show notes, go check out their stuff, improve your equipment. It's super reasonable and it's going to make you more money. And then if you are a tile person and you want a saw that, you know, isn't getting water all over everything, they've got really cool dustless saws to dry cut everything. So go check them out. And uh, I don't know. So thank you again, Kevin, for joining us. We will catch you all. You're welcome. We'll catch you all next week.